Here's a thought experiment for you. What do you think the Chinese government would do if we flew this balloon over Beijing? This balloon, it's a real balloon, by the way. You can find this on Amazon. This balloon is a hybrid between Winnie the Pooh and Chinese president for life, Xi Jinping. It's Winnie the Pooh's body with Xi Jinping's head. And then the little red crop top that Winnie the Pooh wears has the Chinese flag, the communist flag. What do you think China would do if we flew this? Keep in mind that Winnie the Pooh is banned in China because Xi Jinping is so offended by the comparison that he looks like Winnie the Pooh, which you can take a look at this. He certainly does. It's actually quite funny. What do you think the Chinese would do? If, if we told them, you know what, guys, it's not a military apparatus. We're not trying to collect research on your population. We're not spying on your military installations. This is just civilian Weather research, in, in, in fact, we didn't even mean to fly it over Beijing. We didn't even mean for it to encroach on your sovereign airspace. It just blew off course months ago, but, you know, there was nothing we could do about it. We can't drive it. We can't direct it. We can't steer it. What do you think they would do? The obvious answer here is they would shoot it down immediately, and this would cause a diplomatic crisis. This would be an international incident, because the intent, if we flew this particular balloon, this hybrid Winnie the Pooh, Xi Jinping, which I've looked at like 20 times since I found this. I think it's hilarious. Um, the intent would be to humiliate the Chinese Communist Party. The intent would be to humiliate Xi Jinping. The intent would be to humiliate the Chinese people. And the Chinese would never stand for this. They would instantly shoot it down. They wouldn't give us the benefit of the doubt. They wouldn't, they wouldn't pretend to believe us when we said, oh, no, no, this was just an accident. They would shoot the thing down. And they would be absolutely right on this. This is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this Chinese spy balloon that was shot down after it had traversed across the entire continental United States. And I want to talk about exactly why the Chinese did this, what response they were hoping to get from the U.S. government, what they were able to observe based on our political and governmental reactions, and why, why, why this whole thing is uh, extremely important and not just a funny thing that you see floating by in the sky. So if you haven't already subscribed to the show, please do that. You can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and click the subscribe button. You can go to YouTube or Rumble and click the subscribe button over there too. It's rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. Let's get to it. Every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay. So the Biden administration is trying to claim credit for acting responsibly and shooting down this Chinese spy balloon once there wasn't risk of the debris of the balloon falling and hitting a civilian. There were actually members of the Biden administration who were painting this scenario for us as if we're stupid children and telling us, well, at 60,000 feet, this balloon, we couldn't shoot this down over Montana the emptiness of Montana because it might have fallen and hit a kindergarten. Okay, okay. So what they did, the Biden administration allowed this balloon to 
come through Alaska, go down Canada, come through Montana, all through the mid-United States. Um, it, it went off the coast of the Carolinas, and it was only then that the Biden administration shot it down. Here's a little video of it. It's just like a 10-second clip if you want to see the thing explode once, the, once it's hit by the U.S. Check military. Twitter on several different official... Oh. Oh. There, you can see it. You can see it exploding there. It kind of disintegrating, so... The U.S. military claims that they're on a rescue mission to collect the remnants of this balloon so that they can further analyze it. But I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy any of the narratives that we've gotten from the Chinese government or from the U.S. government regarding this balloon. So first, before we get into the fishy things about this, why the Chinese government did this, what they were trying to do, meaning what, uh, what actions or reactions they were trying to garner and then monitor from the U.S., I want to talk about what should have happened here. What should have happened is this, this Chinese balloon, not a civilian balloon, the Chinese always say that all of their research, whether it's uh, scientific, whether it's technological, they always say that it is for civilian use. This is, this is simply a lie that they tell um, because they always have a military application for all of their technology. They claim it's civilian so that there's not oversight, so that there's not investigation, so that it doesn't cause international incidents, so that they can more easily pull the wool over the eyes of Joe Biden the United States of America, and the entire Western world. So this balloon, quote-unquote, blew off course. Yes, I don't believe that. But the Chinese government said this balloon blew off course months ago. And they have no capacity to steer it or to, to change its direction. So if, the, if this were the case, and it was observed months ago that this balloon was off course and that it was going to head towards uh, Alaska, the Aleutian Islands off Alaska, then the U.S. military should have called the Chinese military, and they should have said, okay, we see that your, quote-unquote, weather observation for civilian purposes balloon is coming towards the United States. And as you understand, we have sovereign airspace, and we can't let an aircraft, a, a military or a, a Chinese aircraft, encroach on our space. So uh, either you can shoot it down before it reaches our airspace, which we encourage you to do, or, of course, we will have to do that. If the Chinese ignore this warning, then as soon as it encroaches on U.S. airspace, like I said, over the Aleutian Islands outside of Alaska, then the U.S. military should have called the Chinese government again out of a courtesy. We don't have to, but out of a courtesy to avoid a diplomatic crisis or an international incident and said, after our first warning, we see you haven't taken action. So you have one hour in order to shoot this down or to, to take care of this, to steer it the other way. I guess you couldn't shoot it down if it's uh, on our airspace to, to steer this the other way or to come and get it. Otherwise, we're going to shoot it down. And if that is also not heated, then the U.S. military should have shot it down um, over the Aleutian Islands off of Alaska. They should have then, if they needed to collect information about this balloon to see what it was tracking and what they can, what information they can garner from it, that's fine. Otherwise, hand a receipt to the Chinese government and say, I'm sure you understand. It encroached on our sovereign airspace and demand from the Chinese an apology for that because it is a violation of our sovereignty for the Chinese government or a civilian balloon, weather observation balloon, to float into our sovereign airspace. That should have been the end of it. A non-story. Putting the Chinese on defense because they were the ones that committed this wrongdoing. But instead, of course, what happened is this balloon came over Alaska and nothing happened. And it wasn't until it went, it went through Canada, by the way, down, down southward through Canada and appeared over Montana and when it was over Montana, there, believe me, there was no threat of the debris of this balloon had it been shot hitting a kindergarten classroom. 
These are the same people, by the way, who don't mind indoctrinating kindergartners with the transgender ideology that leads them to take irreversibly damaging puberty-blocking hormones and cross-sex hormones, and then undergoing surgery, still as children, to mutilate their bodies. This is the same party that encourages that, claims to hypothetically care about the remnants of a balloon potentially hitting a kindergarten and hurting children. This isn't even a good effort by propaganda from the left here. So the Chinese government responded when Biden finally did, or Biden's military finally did, uh, shoot this down off the coast of the Carolinas, and this is what they said. They said, quote, China expresses its strong dissatisfaction and protest against the U.S.'s use of force to attack civilian unmanned airships. The Chinese side has repeatedly informed the U.S. side after verification that the airship is for civilian use and entered the U.S. due to force majeure, which was completely accidental. China clearly requires the U.S. to handle it properly in a calm, professional, and restrained manner. A spokesman for the U.S. Department of Defense also stated that the balloon will not pose a military or personal threat to ground personnel. Under such circumstances, the U.S. insists on using force, obviously overreacting, and seriously violating international practice. China will resolutely safeguard the legitimate rights and interests of relevant companies while reserving the right to make further necessary actions. So I'm reading this because this is the, these are the talking points being echoed by mainstream media outlets and by Biden administration officials. I have never, I've almost never been as embarrassed for the U.S. military as I was when they trotted out their spokesperson, this, this man, this general with all this chest candy. He's supposed to be a very powerful individual in the U.S. military telling the American people that the Department of Defense will not be updating the American people on the trajectory of this balloon. And he said, the American people reserve the right to simply look up in the sky and look for it themselves. Sir, I don't care how high your rank is. You work for us. You respect us. We are higher in the chain of command than you are. You don't demean the American people who you swore an oath to protect, even if you are acting in disregard of American interests, even if the Biden administration is disrespecting our country, you are not allowed to do so. The mainstream media and the Biden administration are echoing this Chinese response, but if I'm the Chinese sitting here writing this, I'm like typing along at my computer, laughing at what I'm saying. (laughs) It was by accident. This is an overreaction. We reserve the right to, we the Chinese reserve the right to respond with greater force if necessary. They know they can push Biden around because that was the purpose of releasing this balloon in the first place. The purpose of releasing this balloon in the first place. So let's talk about the four fishy things because there's some new narratives that have emerged in the last couple of hours, in the last 24 hours, about the Biden administration's response to this balloon and the history of the Chinese trying to infiltrate our sovereign airspace. Biden is pulling an oldie but a goodie and trying to blame the Trump administration. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at seven. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at eight. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at nine. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV channel 347, Uverse channel 1220, or DirecTV stream. America is on trial. 
Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump, get a fair trial? Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. So the Biden administration clearly understands how the American people and how the Chinese government perceives the Biden administration's reaction to this balloon. The American people are frustrated, infuriated, and a little bit frightened. They're frustrated because this should have been as simple as Biden shooting this down over the Aleutian Islands, and this should have been a non-incident. They're infuriated because this makes all of us, the American people, look weak in the eyes of the world. We are supposed to be the world's superpower. And one of the reasons we're the world's superpower is because we are built on these freedoms, these, these, these nat- on natural law and natural rights that of freedom, liberty, and justice for all. And it's also because we have the strongest military in the world. And so our enemies are afraid to attack us, as they should be. But in order to use that strategy, deterrence, you have to actually act in a strong manner. You can't simply have a stockpile of weapons if you are unwilling to use them when the time comes when it's appropriate to use them. And when you use them, you have to use them decisively, quickly, and without any emotion or politics surrounding it. Biden violated all of these tenets. And the American people, this frightens the American people. This is actually why the American people were following along with this Chinese spy balloon. Because we understand that the Chinese don't like us. Not the Chinese people viewing the American people negatively, but the Chinese government doesn't like the United States of America. And their goal is to unseat the United States as the world's superpower. And they're doing it not by outright warfare. They're doing it by manipulation and infiltration. They're embedding... Chinese nationals, Chinese spies, Chinese assets in various places in our country, whether it's the Confucius Institutes at college, whether it's Chinese assets that are, that are, that are spying, obviously that's what assets do, whether it's assets that are spying for the Chinese government in STEM fields around our country, whether it's politicians like the Biden family who've been paid off by so-called private companies in China, which are just entities that are closely tied to the Chinese Communist Party, as all private businesses are in China. The Chinese Communist Party is doing this to our youth via TikTok. They're not just collecting data like, oh, your social security number and your email and your birthday. Like, no, the Chinese could get that anywhere. They could, they could get that information. It doesn't have to be through TikTok. That's not why they're using it. That's not the type of data they are collecting. They're collecting you. They're categorizing your vulnerabilities, your likes, your dislikes, so that they can wage an information war against you specifically, not the American people in this big generalized sense, not strength in numbers, the mass of people, but just you. They look at your keystrokes, what you like and what you don't like, what you're insecure about, what you're vulnerable to, what your trauma is, your joys and desires, what you seek, what you like, what you love. And they use that information to push content towards you that will change the way you think, that will impact your values, that you will be vulnerable to falling for. 
This frightens the American people because this is just the physical. We can talk about TikTok, and it's sometimes hard to conceptualize that because it appears to just be an app that's addicting, an app that's a waste of time, some funny things on TikTok. It's a cultural phenomenon. But it's hard to convince people sometimes the level of danger that TikTok poses, this this infiltration, just like it's hard to convince people the level of infiltration, how embedded the Chinese communists are in our university system. Stealing intellectual property and technology for military application back in China. How compromised so many American politicians are. We make fun of Eric Swalwell, Congressman Eric Swalwell, all the time for his, his bang bang with fang fang, but it's not funny. He has access to classified information. He's he's a member of the U.S. Congress, and he was compromised by a Chinese spy. And what did she get from him? We don't know. Is he likely to do that again? We don't know. The Chinese Communist Party, this balloon represents the visible, the visibility of what the Chinese Party is trying to do, spy on us in order to collect data on us, on us as individuals, so that they can better manipulate us in in their their quest to unseat our country as the world's superpower. The only way that we are unseated as the world's superpower is if we surrender our values, if we surrender our principles, and if our country crumbles from within. That's why people were so obsessed with this balloon. The Biden administration made a critical error. The Biden, Joe Biden himself is obviously compromised by China. Hunter Biden has a history of the business deals with Chinese Communist Party-tied entities that gave him a lot of money. We know this. We've seen the Hunter Biden laptop emails. We know that Joe Biden was not only in knowledge of these things, that he profited financially as the big guy. He profited financially. This results in policy positions that Joe Biden has held towards the Chinese Communist Party softening. We saw that after he went to China when he was vice president. He took took Hunter Biden with him. That was where Hunter Biden secured that huge equity deal, that billion-dollar equity deal. And Joe Biden came away from that as vice president, softer on trade and softer on security and softer on on military pressure that we were putting on China in the South China Sea. That exists today. Joe Biden is still compromised. So he he made a decision. He made a decision not in the best interest of our country. He made a decision in the best interest of his family's profiting not to not to shoot down this balloon. He made this decision. The, b- b- the balloon flew over intercontinental ballistic missile silos in the United States for civilian weather research. I know when I'm researching weather as a civilian, I often fly over intercontinental ballistic missile silos. That's where the best clouds are. That's where it rains the most. That's where the climate changes the most. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So Biden made a deliberate decision not to shoot this down. He he misjudged how the American people would react because of the Chinese infiltration. And people understand that this is sort of the representation, the visibility of China trying to spy on us and trying to manipulate us in order to change our values, cause our country to crumble so that they can become the world's superpower. So when Biden realized this mistake, he did two things. He shot the balloon down once it had already, already gotten all the information that he needed. And he told a couple of lies about this. The first lie is that he said, actually, these spy balloons, these Chinese spy balloons, this is not the first one that's flown over the United States. In fact, there were several others that floated over the United States during the Trump administration. Well, if that's true, that changes the story a little bit. It doesn't change whether it 
it doesn't change that it what Biden should do. It doesn't change the fact that it makes America look weak when we don't react to the Chinese communists, but it would be a good additional tangent to the story, right? It would take a little bit of the uh, a little bit of the oomph out of out of the criticism that conservatives are levying at Biden if our own president, Trump, did the exact same thing. But wait a second, wait a second. What is this allegation from the Biden administration based on? When they say, oh, there were some Chinese spy balloons over Texas during the Trump administration, this is from one anonymous source from Biden's own administration. So nobody that's willing to go on record, just one anonymous source without any substantiation. And of course, the mainstream media is eager to lap this up. They're eager eager to parrot this. They don't ask any questions. But then we have Trump himself, former President Trump, deny this, saying that never happened during my administration. And we have his former Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, his former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, his former National Security Advisor, and former Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe, all deny this. Now, what do those those four men specifically have in common? Mark Esper, John Bolton, John Ratcliffe, and Mike Pompeo. None of them are super fans of Trump at this point, to say the least. Mike Pompeo wants to run for president, so he's trying to differentiate himself from Trump. John Bolton outright despises Trump. John Ratcliffe, Mark Esper, don't really like the guy. So why would they come to his defense if they don't like him? They would come to his defense if it wasn't true and if the allegation is actually reflective on them as well. So it touches them because they were in charge of of these, these, these same things, these national security and defense capacities of the U.S. government when Trump was president, and they deny it. So who do you believe here? Do you believe Trump and four members of his administration who have no loyalty to him, meaning no reason to defend him just for the sake of defending him? Or do you believe one anonymous source from inside the Biden administration? This is a favorite tactic of the left that they used all the time during the allegations that they levied against Trump, the Russia collusion allegations, the Ukraine impeachment allegations. They always had this one anonymous source from somewhere within the bowels of the United States government. And instead of verifying it, which is what journalists are supposed to do, pursuing the truth, they accepted it and made it into the story. They made it into the truth, even when it was when it was wrong. So in the wake of Trump and his Secretary of Defense and his Secretary of State and two former DNIs actually denying this, the Biden administration evolved their narrative again and said, well, Trump didn't know about it when he was president. These guys, Esper and Bolton and Radcliffe and Pompeo, they didn't know about it either. We just discovered now that back during the Trump administration, these balloons flew over parts of the United States, but nobody in the U.S. government at that time had any idea about it. Whoever is in charge of Biden's comms is relying on a mainstream media so corrupt, so compromised, that they would humiliate themselves by repeating this. This kind of lying in a former time would cause resignations within a communications department at the White House. Remember who advises Biden on matters like this? In in other words, who would have given Biden the advice on whether to shoot down this balloon or not to shoot down this balloon? It is the same man, the same, the, the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who admitted that he told China that he would warn them if Trump was going to attack them. 
So this chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, where do you think his loyalties lie? Well, his loyalties lie with China. Of course, he's not going to advise Biden to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon because he's compromised by the Chinese. This whole situation is extremely fishy. It's rife with fishiness. So the other lie that's being told right now by the Biden administration and the mainstream media is that, uh, let me read this, actually, this tweet from a CNN, a CNN personality, Jim Scudo. He says, notable U.S. officials say they were able to block the balloon from gathering intel during its overflight of the U.S., while the U.S. military was able to turn the tables, so to speak, to gather intel on the balloon itself and its equipment. I read this, and I thought, okay, if you think that Joe Biden outsmarted the Chinese communists by jamming signals to their spy balloon and observing its capabilities in order to turn this around and somehow spy on the Chinese. And it took them the entirety of the time that this balloon, quote unquote, blew off course months before it reached the United States and then over Alaska and through Canada and down over Montana, across the entire United States and outside the Carolinas. You think it took them all that time to do that observation? Please remember that Biden also shakes hands with the air. Biden's not outsmarting anyone. China was not fooled, Biden is a fool. If you want to observe this kind of military aircraft, then go observe the one over Latin America. You don't let it go over intercontinental ballistic missile silos to make these observations. You observe it somewhere that does not encroach on the sovereignty of US airspace. This is, this is Joe Biden gave the Chinese everything they want. They have all the data that they needed. They were able to observe the US presidential response here. They were able to observe the US political response here. And they were able through lies, very, probably lies that took him about a minute to invent, able to manipulate the U.S. president, the supposed leader of the free world, into doing exactly what the Chinese wanted, them, wanted him to do, which was humiliate the United States in the eyes of the world and let the Chinese Communist Party get their way. Did we get played? Did we get played by the Chinese here? Or did we get played by the Biden administration? Or did we get played by both? Biden got played by the Chinese Communist Party, and then Biden used this to play us. As we are watching this spy balloon float over the United States, collecting data on us, what, is, what else is happening? What stories are not being told? What information is being silenced? What is being ignored? This is, this is distraction because a member or uh, an employee of Pfizer and YouTube we're gonna have to bleep this out for YouTube. We'll be back in just a moment. You can watch the fully uncensored version of this at rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. Uh, YouTube still has their terms of service cranked so tightly on COVID that we can't even talk about what a Pfizer employee himself actually said, the words that came out of his mouth. A Pfizer employee admitted there were issues with the COVID jab impacting women's menstrual cycles, impacting fertility. And he didn't even know how big of a problem this was, how significant of an issue this was, how long lasting the infertility would be, whether this would impact the next generation. This after the week before, the same employee of Pfizer admitting that all of the, the regulators in the US government are captured by Pfizer. They approve drugs and vaccines maybe when they shouldn't, knowing that they're going to get cushy, high-paying jobs at the big pharma companies that they gave approval to when they were in government. Also kind of makes you wonder about the Vice President Pence 
classified document stuff. The FBI supposedly is uh, searching Pence's house. Well, as long as the Biden administration can point the finger at someone on the right, whether it's Pence, whether it's us, they think that we won't notice four other, three other fingers and one thumb pointing of Biden's pointing back at himself. The House majority, the House Republican majority kicked Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell and Ilhan Omar off committees, and the Biden administration didn't want us talking about any of this stuff, whether it's the Pfizer stuff, whether it's his classified documents scandal and how that ties into Hunter Biden's scandals and crimes, or whether it's the House Republican majority actually calling out and holding accountable leftist members of Congress who are liars, who weaponize the power of the federal government, who sleep with Chinese spies, and who are outright anti-Semites. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez threw an absolute hissy fit on the floor of the House of Representatives after Ilhan Omar was kicked off the Foreign Affairs Committee. Keep in mind, Ilhan Omar is a rabid anti-Semite who is not just, not just a political critic of the actions the Israeli government takes, which you're allowed to be, of course. Israel, in that sense, is no different than any other country in the world. But Ilhan Omar has been a proponent, uh, actually introduced a resolution into the U.S. House of Representatives um, in support of the BDS movement, the Boycott, Divest, and Sanction Israel movement. Now, the BDS movement is not a political not a political thing. The BDS movement is anti-Semitic because it doesn't, it, it, its goal is the um, end of the Jewish state of Israel. They want, they, it threatens the existence of the Jewish state of Israel because the Jewish state of Israel is the Jewish state of Israel. Ilan Omar obviously should be kicked out, uh, kicked off the Foreign Affairs Committee. It's, it's embarrassing and humiliating for the United States that such an anti-Semite is even in the United States Congress. And when the Republicans got majority, Nancy Pelosi refused to unseat this, this anti-Semite from the Foreign Affairs Committee. But when Kevin McCarthy was finally gaveled in, he kicked Ilhan Omar off this committee. And this is AOC's absolute nutty nut nut hissy fit. Take a look at this. Don't tell me that this is about an abdi- a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. What is that book smack? What is, okay, AOC is fake. I have never seen a faker pretend tantrum than that. There's no racism involved here. This has nothing to do with what Ilhan Omar looks like, where she's born, what color skin she has, what kind of accent she speaks with, nothing. I couldn't care less about any of that. What I care about is what Ilhan Omar stands for politically, 
What she stands for politically is BDS. She should not boycott, divest, and sanction Israel, which is an existential threat to the Jewish state of Israel because they're the Jewish state of Israel. She holds no such um, political positions, meaning she's, she's not, Ilhan Omar is not calling to boycott, divest, and sanction Venezuela or North Korea or Iran or Russia or any other country that's acting uh, in a way that they should not be acting. It's just focused on Israel. And that's how you determine whether something's a political policy or whether it's anti-Semitism. If it is a standard that is only held to Israel, then it is, it is anti-Semitic. And that's Ilhan Omar. This is what Ilhan Omar herself claimed. Uh, she actually claimed racism when she was not put on the Africa subcommittee. This was her tweet. She said, as the only African-born, not being on the Africa subcommittee is not just an elimination of a unique voice, but an elimination of all the voices that have never been heard on a committee on the continent. It's racist, xenophobic, and discriminatory. I think she might be looking in a mirror here because if you look at, this is what she's doing. She's looking at all the others, all the other US Congress members on the Africa subcommittee, and she's making the contention that they cannot do their jobs, that they cannot represent American citizens who might have a different skin color than they do because of their skin color or because of the nation they were born, where they were born. I'm pretty sure that's racism. What Ilhan Omar is accusing every other US Congress member on the Africa Subcommittee. If you're contending that someone is fundamentally unable to do their job based on their nation of origin, that's xenophobic. If you're contending that someone's unable to do their job because of the color of their skin, that's racist. And this is Ilhan Omar, ladies and gentlemen. AOC, this is a new low even for AOC to come to this kind of angry, fake, fake, fake defense. I've never, it, it seems very fake to me. Speaking of fake outrage, let's talk about Elise Stefanik here for a second. So backing up just a little bit, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is proposing that in New York City public schools that provide free lunches for children, that the chocolate milk option be eliminated. And his justification for this is that there are, I think, 24 grams of sugar in a chocolate milk serving, and that's a terrible amount of sugar that's extremely unhealthy for children, especially at a time when we suffer in a, we're suffering an obesity crisis in our nation and it's impacting our children to the point where pharma companies and public health officials are actually advocating for children not to be fed healthy food, not to exercise, not to put down their screens, but to be injected with drugs or be candidates for weight loss surgery. That's the extent of the uh, obesity crisis that's facing our nation's children right now. New York City uh, Mayor Eric Adams, believe me, I'm no fan of this guy. He's a nut, he's wrong, he's endangered the city, but in this case, he's not actually wrong here. And he's trying to take chocolate milk out of schools, and the reaction from the right, they're, like, they're equating, the right is equating what Eric Adams is trying to do with taxpayer-funded lunches provided for free to children at public schools with what Mayor Bloomberg did by prohibiting adults from the ability to purchase a big gulp. It's not the same thing at all. One is adults who are able to make decisions for themselves and a, a market, a free market that's been restricted by a government or by a politician who simply doesn't agree with, with a product being brought to the market. And the other is when the government is paying for something, the government does have some say in what they are paying for. 
So Elise Stefanik completely misses the point here, and she this is what she tweets. She goes, the fight to quote to hashtag save chocolate milk continues. Proud to propose a federal law that would require all schools to offer flavored milk. School kids deserve access to nutritious and delicious milk options that our dairy farmers work hard to provide. This is maybe the stupidest thing that I've heard from Elise Stefanik, and that's saying something. Um, 24 grams of sugar in a serving of chocolate milk. Now, Eric Adams himself has, and by the way, it's not just obesity that children are suffering from. There is a diabetes problem in children begot of things like this, this kind of chocolate milk. Again, parents can choose to feed their children unhealthy food and drink if they want, but when taxpayers are funding it in public schools, politicians do get some say over what is offered here. Adams himself manages diabetes with a plant-based diet, and um, type two diabetes is a reversible disease. It is a reversible disease. Most people just don't want to do the work to reverse it. They, they, so they accept life, lifelong medication. They accept an early death instead of, instead of changing their lifestyle and changing their diet to reverse this disease. So comparing, when Elise Stefanik compares, and other people on the right too, compare this, this Eric Adams proposal with Bloomberg, they're missing the point. And I don't know, they're, they're, they're trying to conjure up in our minds um, what the World Economic Forum is doing, trying to force us to eat bugs, or what the EU is doing by allowing cricket powder to be put in people's foods in restaurants and in uh, uh, food manufacturers, and Bill Gates with his GMO artificial meat, these creepy social engineering people that are trying to change our lifestyle. It's not the same. It's not the same at all. It's not even kind of the same. Government, meaning you and I, are paying for the food that kids get for free in public schools. That is entirely different than a creep like Bill Gates trying to socially engineer us by engineering our food or by uh, Mayor Bloomberg, former Mayor Bloomberg, telling adults that they can't eat certain foods because he doesn't approve of it. This is a stupid fight. Elise, don't be a stupid Republican trying to be fake-based. This is not a based fight. I warned you guys about Elise Stefanik. The reason that she's in her leadership role in the House is because one time during the second impeachment of Donald Trump, the Ukraine impeachment, Elise Stefanik came out in his defense in a video that went viral on social media. I don't know whether it was sincere. I don't know whether it was a, po a political calculation. But what happened is Donald Trump decided that sh since she had come to his defense, he would elevate her uh, within Republican circles, and it worked. She's now a leader in the Republican Party, but she's not conservative. She's not even kind of conservative. She voted in favor of the gay marriage bill. She voted in favor of the Equality Act. The Equality Act would force schools to allow boys in girls' locker rooms. Fight the real fights, Elise Stefanik. Don't conflate the government subsidizing essentially poison for children with politicians telling adults what they're allowed to bring to the market or not. It's a fake fight. It's a lie. Far be it for me to defend Eric Adams, but in this case, he actually, he actually deserves it. Also, one last note before we go. On Twitter over the weekend, I asked um, all you guys on Twitter about this weird thing that was happening when I was baking my favorite dessert. I baked this thing called Blondies, and it's like oat flour and sun butter, so sunflower seed butter, and chickpeas and vanilla and salt and baking soda and baking powder and some dates, and you blend it all up. And it's like, it's like a healthy blondies. You could put some chocolate on it too. 
Um, it's sweet because of the dates, but it's really healthy. But something really weird was happening because my daughter likes to eat the batter and it doesn't have eggs in it, so it's not a problem. But if you leave the batter out for like 30 seconds, it goes from being exactly what you would expect like cookie dough batter to look like. It goes from being that color, sort of a taupe color, to being bright green. Like I'm talking as green as you can possibly imagine, like as green as grass. And I thought, okay, that's really weird. That's really weird. So I asked on Twitter um, if anyone knew why that was happening. And you guys did. You guys did. You said it was because there's chlorophyll in the sunflower seeds that's activated by the baking soda. Blew my mind. Um, not Not harmful at all to eat, but weird in color. So I left the baking soda out of this last batch that I made today. And it stayed a normal color. It baked a little bit slower, but totally worth it for not having this really weird, really green food. So appreciate that. Gotta love Twitter. All right, thanks for watching today. Thanks for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.